I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In this pop culture saturated world, what's a nerd to do? Hang out with your good pals on Nerdy Show, that's what. Our flagship podcast is a weekly celebration of the multifaceted D20 that is the modern nerd. When we're not devising horrors that combine VR and spiders or taste testing weird food, we're discussing the latest geek happenings, digging into our deepest nerd niches, or interviewing a celebrity or two. Head to nerdyshow.com or find us on iTunes and experience a multiverse of awesomeness. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wicked Anime Podcast. This is episode 128. I am your stupid, awesome analyst, John Starr, and with me is the hard man with hard opinions, Andrew. Hello. And he's punching. I get, yeah, I get, well, I, I get control of the bell, so. Yeah. I, I did that. But that she was a thing I just is did. a strong, independent bell, and you do not control her. <laughs> yes, I do, because she's property. <laughs> Hashtag feminism. <laughs> Who was that voice that we heard? Oh my gosh, it was, uh, it's it's 42 Believer, Sarah, from 42's Anime Reviews. Hello, thanks for having me back of on. Of course, you're always welcome on the show, and thanks. it's good to hear your voice again. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are like, oh my god, she's not dead. <laughs> um, so I, I posted, I had a, I went out the other day and, uh, a photo went up on my Facebook, and a friend, uh, one of my friends, Rosie, liked it. And I haven't talked to her in months, and I feel so bad. I feel like I'm doing that to so many people. <laughs> so thanks for having me back. Yeah, on. not going to lie, 90% of me also asked that question. It's like, wait, Evan, sa- Evan said that Sarah wants to be on our show. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Is she okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, just finally getting getting back into the groove of things, maybe. There you maybe. go. Good. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> and with us, as always, is uh, Evan, King Baby Duck Evan of the Boston Bastard Brigade and Wicked Anime. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and Whistlecoo. Yeah. Uh, and then also you'll probably hear somewhere far off in the background is our uh, personal barista, Derek. I'm not that far off in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't said anything, Derek. He'll come to the foreground when we start talking about Dragon Ball Z. That's true. <laughs> uh, it's called Dragon Ball Super now. It's a different series. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, do we actually want to start with that? Here, ring the news bell officially. It is uh, time to talk about some news 
which there's one very important piece of news that had just surfaced not too long ago, um, which involves Dragon Ball Super and Akira oh. Toriyama losing his mind. Yeah. Oh, no. Has he gone crazy? Officially? <laughs> the, the news articles say yes. Yeah, people have <laughs> been wondering that for a very long time, and I think that we finally have a very official answer with his explanation of how Super Saiyans get their Super Saiyan powers. Because if there's one thing you like to learn about magic, mystical things about the in the universe, it's explaining them with Ex- science. Yeah, explaining them scientifically. <laughs> and Thank you, Doctor Strange. <laughs> so, uh, Derek, do you know exactly what I'm talking about? So, I knew that there was a big rift happening between the writers and Toriyama. Okay. But that he just kept stepping in as an unofficial editor but I don't know anything past that. Okay. So there has been this uh, th- this whole thing that has brought the universe of Dragon Ball itself to a midichlorian level of absurdity with explaining its lore. There is now something within the existence of the Dragon Ball Super Universe explained by Akira Toriyama, S-Cells. Which are the cells that inhabit your body that allow you to have the uh, ability to become a Super Saiyan. Okay, so let me guess. They're uh, in the back? (laughs) In the back? (laughs) Okay, so they had this, like, ridiculous thing where when they introduced more Saiyans, they're like, oh, yeah, and you guys can become Super Saiyan too. One girl was like, yeah, you just gotta, like, find that tingly feeling in your back, and then you just become Super Saiyan. (laughs) I thought you meant, like, when you're in a department store and you ask a a employee, like, do you have more stuff in the back? And you say, no, there's nothing in the back. Well, that's where the S cells are. That's where the S cells are. They're in the back of the store. Uh, I know no, you there's nothing in the back. back. There is not a Chinese prostitution ring in the back. Why did I say that out loud? Oh fuck! <laughs> so uh, they actually they actually get their powers from an extra chromosome. That's it. <laughs> Isn't so, it bad to have an extra chromosome? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, because then you turn into a mutant, like in the Doom movie with the Rock. Yes, and Carl Urban. <laughs> Uh, except some some Carl Urban's turn you good and some Carl Urban's turn you bad. Right. Um, <laughs> like Pathfinder Carl, Carl Urban is a nightmare. <laughs> um, so, so another thing that came along with this explanation, which just straight out was just like, oh yeah, Kira Toriyama's just taking this out of thin air as somebody asks him a question and as he stumbles along going, ah, ah, ah. So, so you have the S-cells. But the S-cells only activate when you have the right kind of personality and you grow up in the right kind of environment. So the reason why it took Vegeta and uh, Goku so long to become Super Saiyans is because they came from a planet that was overrun and war-torn by the Frieza uh, race. Yeah. And so they didn't have this upbringing Mm. that was peaceful and gracious, so it wasn't able to really develop properly... Uh, until their later years. And then it also comes along with, if you have a gentler personality, like a gentler, less violent personality, that it also comes along easier. Then this is their explanation for the reason why... Wait, wait, wait. So, like, there, like there's a Bob Ross Super Saiyan. Oh, Bob Ross. <laughs> you know, okay, this makes sense, because it's... The Dalai Lama. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to retcon the fact that all the eight-year-old kids can turn Super Saiyan at the drop of a hat. Yes. Correct. Yes, that is, that's exactly what's happening, so that's the reason, so, uh, 
both Gohan and Trunks had a more peaceful upbringing and have more gentle personalities than both Goku and Vegeta. Thus, they were able to reach inside of them a lot quicker to pull out that Super Saiyan power and become bigger powerhouses immediately, more so than Goku and Vegeta. Same with Khalifa. She came from yes. a different universe yeah, that had so, no invasion. Yeah, there, Khalifa's you know? yes. universe that she was a part of was not war-torn and didn't have anything, so she was immediately able to become a Super Saiyan 3, was it? Or two? Two. Two. Yeah, so. two. You know, the more you're, you're talking about this, the more it's kind of making sense. After all, the character of Goku is based on the classic Chinese story of Journey to the West, which was about Monkey, a.k.a. Goku, trying to discover enlightenment. And maybe Super Saiyan is kind of like the Dragon Ball Universe's equivalent of enlightenment. Uh-huh. You should yeah. you should probably consult Akira Toriyama yeah, because I don't Akira, think he planned on that. Yeah, because Akira Toriyama very specifically said, "No, Evan, it's S cells. <laughs> <laughs> this has to be scientifically ruined in order for it to be correct." Dude, just, I really just I want to make a meme of the History Channel guy just saying <laughs> S cells, <laughs> <laughs> and it replaces like his big black Jufro hair with a. With a uh, the blonde hair, like the big Super <laughs> yes. Saiyan hair spikes. <laughs> or the blooper Saiyan. <laughs> yeah, or blooper Saiyan cells. Yeah, so thanks for midichlorine it up. <laughs> because the, the thing that we love in our mystics is more Star Wars Episode 1, 2, and 3. See, this is the problem with a lot of media nowadays trying to reveal this sort of stuff that we've accepted for years and years for example like the best example of this is is ridley scott going back and making all these alien prequels to explain how the aliens got here and you know screwing everything up to begin with so you know what makes something really scary explaining where it came from yeah (laughs) yeah that's how you make good horror right there like he so he directed all the way back in 1979 this really amazing horror film that needed no explanation of any kind other than there was a crafted alien ship that had eggs on it that turned people, or that made aliens. Like, it used a, a parasite host to create aliens. And then now, like, like and that's where 40 the free- years later... And that's where the Frieza race came from, thus s <laughs> Yeah, yes. I don't know. <laughs> then there's these movies about black goo and robots making better aliens. Like, it doesn't... I don't know. Like you, you try to you dip your finger into these pies and try to retcon yourself. <laughs> People used to accept Squ- it. Super now. alien mates with Squid Girl, and that becomes the Ripley alien, whatever you want to call it. Sounds oh like you're gosh. dipping a lot more than a finger into that pie. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. There is that fetish out there. <laughs> yeah, there is somewhere, some at some time. Thanks, Bad Dragon. so uh that's where we are at for starters um i I wanted to also really quick hit on this other news piece that was actually sent to us not too long ago by gerardo uh who wanted to point out to us that the um world expo 2025 is right around the corner. I mean, I, I, in retrospect, it's it's like really far away, or in present time, it's really far away. But in retrospect of everything, like they really have to start preparing, especially because Japan is supposed to host the World Expo 2025. Now, does anybody know what the World Expo 2025 is? 
It was, the, it was the best one since 2020. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it's going to be like the World's Fair that we saw in The Simpsons, and there's going to be a big giant golden dome and Al Frank, uh, not Al Frank, Al, Al Gore talking, <laughs> Al Gore talking dolls, the wrong Al. <laughs> so, um, they're hosting, or the host city uh, in Japan is going to be selected, but they are creating new ambassadors to uh, certain cities in Japan to figure out exactly what is going to draw people in. So Osaka has created some new, or at, rather they have uh, brought in some new ambassadors to promote the city so that in hopes that in 2025 Osaka will be the host city of the World Expo. And these ambassadors are, does anybody want to take a guess? I think I know one of them. Who? Pikachu. That is correct. Yeah. One of them is oh, Pikachu. God. <laughs> yeah. So Pikachu is an ambassador to Osaka. The other one is Hello Kitty. Uh, and on top of that, they also made an ambassador out of uh, Kyusuke Honda, who is a professional soccer player. So real people. Yeah. And he's yeah. also a Nobel... Oh, and also a Nobel Prize winning stem cell researcher, Shinya Yamaka- Yamanaka. So they have real people in there, which is great. But then they also have their fake cartoon people. In there as well, or rather, they're fake cartoon animals. So, Wait, fake? <laughs> no, 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 they're not fake. There's pictures of them. Oh yeah, you're right. Shaking hands. <laughs> I, they're shaking hands with. They're a lot bigger than I thought they would be, though. I know. Good. Steroids. <laughs> Genetically enhanced Pikachu's. Well, I mean, and it's funny because just having recently been in Japan or whatever, uh, you know, keep rubbing it in, man. Keep rubbing it in. They. Everywhere you go, it's Pikachu and Hello Kitty. Like, not Pokemon. It's Pikachu. Right. Like, it has to be Pikachu. And uh, and Hello Kitty stuff is just everywhere. Everybody loves Hello Kitty. Everybody loves Hello Kitty. It's just, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. As it should be. As <laughs> it should be. Because I find that people who seem to like and, and accessorize Hello Kitty stuff, it's really cute. Like, it adds, like, this extra flair of cuteness. While wearing Hello Kitty stuff, Pikachu not so much, but it's more of a childish yeah. sort of whimsy. I, I would mean, say like Pikachu's more of your bro kind of well, I mean, like that's, Pokemon see, character. The thing is, like, is that when you see people wearing Hello Kitty stuff, it's usually the little kids. Like little kids are wearing Hello Kitty hats, and you're just like, man, your kid is really cute. Well, and, and it's, it's like it's it's also just any of the Sanrio characters, not just uh, Hello yes. Kitty. Well. Yeah. I mean, but Hello Kitty's the most popular, is the thing. Hello Kitty is the most popular, yeah. but the other ones, I think, because I'm very much involved, you know, with Japanese fashion and all that, and all of those characters are massively important. Well, um, when, I was, when I was in Taiwan, uh, my melody was everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, my melody is huge. My melody was Outside huge of Japan. Taiwan. Yeah. Wait, what's Gudetama my melody? has been getting a lot of traction lately. Mm-hmm. Rilakkuma as well. And Pushing the Cat. That's not. I know. <laughs> but they're well, in, you, you they're think they're that Pushy from Japan. <laughs> but Hot Topic has them. The Hot Topic has them everywhere though. <laughs> so it's gotta be it's gotta be culturally relevant. One day Agretzko's gonna be the one everyone's gonna be wearing. I see when I was there I was looking for Agretzko's stuff, but they only had like promotional videos for her, no merchandise at all. They had absolutely really? Come no merchandise. Yeah. They had absolutely awesome. no merchandise for Agretzko. It's all Hello Kitty, My Melody, 
and uh, the two angel kids. I forget what. Yeah. Yes, for our listeners, just in case, like, a Gretzko is, like, a Tanuki, right? Or, like, a raccoon. Yeah. Who get, and she's, like, a business... She, she works as a secretary, and everyone at her workplace throws all of their work onto her, which pisses her off, and she relieves all that stress by doing hardcore death metal karaoke. Yes. It's awesome. I think it's it is like really awesome. Around on Tumblr, and they're always hilarious. Like every <sighs> single time. I think my favorite one was when she's going like to the store, and she didn't put any makeup on, and she runs into someone she knew from high school who's like perfectly made up, and she's like, "Gosh darn it! No, I hate this all." It was, really, it was great. <laughs> I related so hard. <laughs> Uh, I got this really cool article that uh, December 1st through 3rd, the weekend that we're recording uh, this right now, it is December 3rd today, for anybody who's interested, uh, Tokyo Comic Con is happening right now as we speak. And uh, Is Lou Stan- Ferrigno there? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, actually. Uh, Demanding money. I wonder if... Stan Lee's there, which is amazing because he was able to survive a plane flight. Um, <laughs> He's old. Oh, man, I'm telling hey, you. Hey, he looked, he looked good at Thor Ragnarok. Yes, it's true. It, the last time that I saw Stan Lee, he was on a scooter at Rhode Island Comic Con, and he was, like, mowing through people. It was incredible the amount of speed and accuracy he was uh, on his little rascal. Going <laughs> Excelsior! Back to his... Yeah. It, it, I believe like... it. That's exactly how my grandpa is on his. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I pictured him, is just him, like, driving down this hallway. Excelsior! <laughs> but, like, now he's in Japan taking photos, like, with... With Japanese fans, which is a really cool thing. Um, just recently, I think there was a J-List update, ta- ask, people asking, hey, because people like anime over in the U.S., do people like comic books over in Japan? And the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. yeah when, when I was... Otherwise, when I was, we wouldn't be getting this Ninja Batman movie next year. Well, oh, dude! When that's I, awesome! When I was in Japan, uh, they I went to Mandarake, which is... And they have, you know, a Mandarake bookstore. And so, uh, I went, I was going through all the books and they have an entire, you know, uh, what is it? They have an entire aisle that's all Western comics. That's incredible. So just tons of Western comics everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's see who is at Tokyo Comic Con this year. We, of course we have Stan Lee. We have Mads Mikkelsen, which is cool. Yeah. He's an artist. Oh, wow. Um, we have Carl Urban. Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about those extra chromosomes from Doom. Uh, Nathan Fillion, which is neat. Michael Rooker, which wow. is also neat. But, uh, I mean, not surprising that yeah. he would be there. Tons of cosplay events. At a Japanese Comic-Con? What? Yeah, there's actually a lot of Americans in, or, well, actually, they don't, I, I shouldn't say Americans, but they are definitely blonde-haired, blue-eyed. So, <laughs> like, they're... They are Western folk. Yeah. Enjoy varieties people. of yummy food. Cool. So, it doesn't seem like there's a whole heck of a lot of guests, but I really want to know how big this event is. Special guests. I don't think it's as big as Comic Cat. Oh, man. I want to go. Probably not. Yeah, it's... Okay, so those those, uh, guests that I told you are the only ones that are there. Uh, Steve Wozniak is also there as well, um, who I... 
Yes, he design he he's the designer of the Apple, Apple One microcomputer yes. and the Apple Two. Mm. So mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the Apple Two was like the very first computer I ever used. That's good childhood memories there, playing Frogger and uh, Charlie Brown ABCs. Back yeah, in my day, we tossed an abacus back and forth. <laughs> Sarah doesn't know anything before an iPhone. <laughs> uh, that is fake news. Uh, <laughs> I grew up with a VHS in my house, thank you very much, and we had uh, a SNES and everything, and I know what a cassette tape is. A Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain it to Eric what it is. <laughs> Come on, I went from Okay, I went from NES to N64 And I've never heard SNES before Really? That's <laughs> because nobody says it All these new Whoa. age millennials Saying SNES <laughs> <laughs> It's retro So it's cool <laughs> It's my uh, childhood So it's cool <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia goggles So Always. So it doesn't seem like that this is a, a drastically large event, but um, it seems like it's... it's I, I'm just happy to see that there is this sort of culture crossing over in Japan with everybody else. Because, um, like, I've always wanted to know, hey, do Japanese people like Batman as much as I do? You know? Do they know the glory that was the Teen Titans animated cartoon, you know? Mm. Things like that, of that nature. Of course they've seen the Avenger films. We all know that they've seen the Avenger films uh, and and stuff like that. But um, the fact that they have an event celebrating it in the same way that we have our anime cons here makes me really happy. I'm just really glad that they like Batman more than Ben Affleck does. Actually, can we take a step backwards to talk about that new uh, Batman Ninja movie that's going to be coming out? Oh my god. Whoever is playing the Joker, you have already creeped me out, good sir. That was amazing. Yeah, um, it's a really... it's. It, I, I'm surprised that it, it's a 3D film, too, and it looks really good. Yeah, it's from it the same guy who directs that. the openings for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh. oh, that makes a lot of sense. So it's going to be okay. It's going to be mediocre, not... At best. Well, but that's a better bar that's set than Kimono Friends. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Anything is better than Kimono Friends. But uh... in, in, uh, I also want to throw out there as well as just something that came across our radar from a, a wicked fan, Big Bad Shadow Man, keeping us up to date on all of our giant monster kaiju attacks and stuff, that uh, Ultraman is also coming back as an anime. Did you guys hear about this? I did. Yeah, I know it's going to be adapted from the recent manga adaptation of Ultraman that's been actually pretty popular over there. Yeah, just by art style alone, it looks like it's going to be pretty action-packed and maybe kind of violent, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So, But it's not going to be foamy like the original. But I like the foamy original. <laughs> yeah, the foamy parts are the best parts. <laughs> exactly. I... I mean, like, how cool would it have been to be back in those days? And it's like, you're going to dress in this suit, and we're going to knock over buildings. 
You know what they could do is they should do what they did with Panty and Stalking uh, with Garter Belt. It's they show the monster battles and then it cuts to a live action model of the monster just blowing up afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about the news of a certain franchise turning into a video game, which is My Hero Academia? Oh. That's a good point. Yeah. That's that's into some gaming news. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, my speculations for the My Hero Academia video game, by the way it sounds, seems to be what it's gonna ha- what's going to happen is it's going to be either a Naruto Ultimate Ninja style game, Boo. Uh, which could be fun, but probably not as fun as it, or to the potential that it could be. What I think it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be set up like it is in the show, where the characters, when they're in school, are put into an arena, and they have, you know, a little mini city to run through, and they have to fight uh, one opponent, like a one-on-one opponent. And I, I think you get to choose your character, run through the cityscape, and have a battle. Kind of the way that probably the new Shinobi Strikers game for Naruto is going to be. But no character. I'm hoping that, I'm hoping we can get something along the lines of like a tournament arc sort of setup too, like kind of like take the element of what they're doing with Dragon Ball Fighter Z and put it into my hero. Like in Academia. Dragon Ball Super, where it takes them thirty seconds an episode. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! It, it's like they know it's a joke and they announce how much time is left at the tournament. <laughs> so, um, I am hoping. Like you, like Evan, you mentioned Dragon Ball Fighter uh, Z, which would be incredible. Like that would be my ultimate yeah, fighting game. If it was for... an actual fighting game for My Hero Academia, that would be awesome. I, would, I don't think it's going to be a fighting. I game. would even accept Marvel vs. Capcom three. Ugh, no. You I know what? I would also accept Smash Brothers styled. I would like Smash Brothers style too. That would be a lot of fun. Considering, I, that, considering that one of the things you mentioned is that they have destroyable stages. Right. So uh, it could be a brawler of sorts, or fighter well, brawler, and then, whatever you And then it. it would be really fun to have teams with that as well, because they do that a lot in the show, where they have to team up and fight something. That's what uh, I mean. Uh, like uh, a character switch-out system, or... Uh, or a tag team, or a, or a co-op. Maybe it'll be a party game. Maybe it'll be a, maybe a Mario party game. <laughs> I want a team of Mineta clones. <laughs> yeah, just roll the dice, Deku, and then you can go to space, and then you play party games with Kachan. <laughs> Otherwise, how are you going to have All Might in the roster? Because he's just going to kill everybody. Yeah. All Might gets nerfed. Yeah, right? Nerf All Might. Well, I mean, he's kind of... He's like M. Bison. (laughs) Well, maybe he can can only throw three punches and then he reverts to his normal, regular heroin addict-looking self. No Might. Yeah. All Might to No Might. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I'm, like, super (laughs) looking forward to... um, I mean, this is... is, is, this has been an awesome year for like upcoming anime-based video games because we've got this uh, Fighter Z, we got Little Witch Academia, you've got Seven Deadly Sins, you've got the One Piece VR game for PlayStation VR that's coming out. It's it's actually gotten really good when it comes to anime-based video games. Well, yeah, I mean the market altogether has has gone up. It's on the up and up. Just I was I was doing some and then Fist of the North Star too. I forgot about that from the yeah. Yakuza developers. 
I was um, just in Best Buy the other day doing some Christmas shopping, and their increasingly shrinking anime section is not shrinking as much as it used to. And you can even find anime films mixed in with regular films. Like, I found your name on the shelf in the new releases. Um, and the thing of it is, is that the shows that used to cost $60 maybe two years ago are now down to, like, $43 to... Like, you could buy all of Cowboy Bebop for 30 bucks now. You could buy Tagashi Kashi the entire first season for $43. Even My Hero Academia is, like, 40 bucks. Progress. Yeah, it, it, we're, it, it's a step in the right direction. That's a really decent price for some releases of anime. Everything. Remember, this is we're from a generation where we had to buy it on VHS, and it was twenty dollars for two episodes. Or they sold the entire DVD box set for two hundred bucks. Yeah, that as well. I remember. Well, oh my god, the Trigun being what was it? Three hundred for twenty six episodes. I got. And now I what have, is it? Twenty five dollars. I have all of Blood Plus. Uh, all 52 episodes of Blood Plus I got for $200. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure that I bought Holic as they came out in individual pieces somewhere around around that same price, too. But yeah, I was just happy to see that. So, you know, um, I'm not surprised that they're marketing video games directly to us now. I, I think that that's something that um, we're going to see more of. We are, but we have one more obligation to a fan of ours, Scott. He he actually sent us a couple things. We'll say one now and one in fan service. Sure. Um, the one that he wanted us to talk about on the show before we move on to what we're watching was uh, a... Piece of strange news. Piece of strange news uh, that has to do with uh, Twitter. And uh, does anybody has anybody ever heard of the phenomenon that happens in Japan called the Boss Festival? The what? Yeah. <laughs> it's called the Balls Festival. Balls. No, not balls. 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 So, um... Like false, but with a B. Yes. Balls. Balls. <laughs> it's a true, the truer balls test. They, uh, they, is this like balsamic vinegar festival? <laughs> kind of. Truer balls. So, uh, whenever they play on TV, Castle on the Sky from... Uh, from Studio Ghibli, there's something that, a phenomenon that happens in Japan, especially Japanese Twitter, called the Balls Festival. Because if anybody has seen Castle in the Sky, uh, spoilers, at the end of the movie, the spell that they need to cast in order to destroy the evil land or whatever, I don't know, I haven't seen the film, but I got it. Um, they use the, the the spell that they use, the, the two children say, Balls! And then it and then, you know, the, the spell casts. Well, apparently, this is a huge meme in Japan. And it's actually the most popular thing that happens on Twitter at the same time. It's called the Balls Festival. Simultaneously, all at the same time, everybody and their grandma tweets Balls on Twitter. And it creates about probably... Uh, let me see if I can find the statistics in the article. Like 11,000 tweets per second. So, the only thing that was second behind this was, oh boy, okay, yeah, so 20, and the Balls Festival in uh, the year 2016 was 345,000 tweets per minute. So, 
um, Castle in the Sky in 2013, uh, its most was uh, 143, or 100, yeah, 143,000 tweets per second um, of just everybody, you know, tweeting the word balls on TV. So the only thing that was ever behind this was when Beyonce had announced that she was pregnant on Twitter. And, <laughs> and that only got up to 8,800 tweets per second. So it's not even close to how... Anime is bigger than Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, she, might be, she might be Beyonce, but she doesn't have balls. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> so... um this it, it's just this weird phenomenon. And they even have a countdown timer now. Like the, you can find websites to where there's a countdown timer to the moment in the movie where the characters say "balls" and 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 everybody in crashes the internet. Yeah, everybody in collective <laughs> Japan turns into a twelve year old. So that's so exciting. Have, it's made national news. Before I love I love the things that the internet makes possible. Exactly. This was what this is what the internet was created for, right? I also hate the things that the internet is possible, but, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Are we um, referencing Roroni Kenshin again? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so there's the Balls Festival. Ha- happy Balls Festival, everybody. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to what we're watching. And, uh, Andrew, so, let's start with you, because you've been talking about a lot of, uh, or you've been watching so, a lot. You've yeah, been watching so, a lot. so since coming back, I've been watching a, a whole lot of stuff. Um, mainly, I've been trying to keep up with good shows, uh, which is, and, and I also have to finish my old shows from the last season, because I didn't get to watch them while I was there. I've barely been keeping up um, with good shows, there's so many. I mean, I've been watching, yeah. you know, MMO Junkie, and I've been watching Food Wars, but I can't seem to stay away from the trash shows that I absolutely hate. So there's so this season of anime has really published and output a lot of shows that are just really, really awful and really terrible. And I don't know what's been happening in Japan lately, but I think it's the, I think you know whose fault I think it is. It's light novels. It's the light novels fault. Mm-hmm. So mm. light novel authors have been writing a whole bunch of trash, and people have been buying a whole lot of trash. It's like Call of Duty. It's like how they make Call of Duty. Every yeah, year. and and basically, yeah, yeah. and basically, uh, anime productions have been making a lot of trash animes. And so I've been watching things like uh, A Sister Is All You Need, which is just stupid. It's just the worst. Really? Oh my gosh, it's so stupid. I'm actually loving and, A Sister's All You Need. And uh, and um. Uh, my, yeah, and Showbitch is just dumb. Like, oh my gosh, these shows are just awful. But I can't just not watch them. Like, for some reason, they just end up in front of my face while I'm watching these shows, and I'm just like, man, like, this is terrible, but I'm on episode six or something, you know? And, <laughs> and holy crap, like, what is happening to the anime industry uh, and, like, releasing all these terrible shows that just don't really contribute anything <laughs> to, like, the greater society. It's <laughs> like, whew! Uh, yeah, um, I guess I, I really enjoy Blend S, even though it's just kind of a moe blob. Um, 
it's it's still kind of good in, in as far as its humor goes. I really really enjoy its humor. Yeah, and the characters are cute, but that's kind of why they exist is to be cute. And I I kind of have a problem with that because they don't, they're not really deeper than that. But I still like it because it's funny. You know, it's, it's yeah. meant to be a funny show, a comedy end, and so it, it is. Um, other than that, yeah, I've been keeping up with Food Wars and uh, watching MMO Junkie, which I really enjoy. Because uh, even though it's kind of going like this weird romancy route that I didn't really expect it to go, it's still pretty entertaining. Uh, hmm. If if I've been watching anything worse than those, then I'd, I've completely erased it out of my mind, I guess. But <laughs> that's what I've been finding I've been having time for. Uh, I, I still have to finish things like Sakura Quest and Gamers and... Centaur's life, and I, but I just can't find the strength to go back and finish them. Like, oh, I guess I need to use a half hour of my time. Well, it could be worse. It could be worth watching American reality television. Yeah. It, Jersey it, Shore's coming back. Yeah, Jersey with a, Shore is with coming a back, new yes. cast. Yeah, woo. That was my trash TV back in college. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it, but I love it at but the same time. I'm finding that the shows that are coming out now are... The shows that, when we used to defend anime back in the day, because everybody was just like, man, anime is this, or man, anime is nothing but panty shots and, and you know, and porn, and we're just like, nah, man, you're watching the wrong anime. I'm really finding it very difficult to defend that argument now, because it's getting really difficult to find an anime that isn't that. You know, so... Even something like... Welcome to Hell It Was in 2010. Anime yeah. was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just. I mean, anime's still good, and you know, I, I still do enjoy cute moe blob stuff from time to time. But I kind of do. I kind of desire something a little bit deeper. You know what I mean? Uh, like where where are my new age elfin leads, and where are my new age cowboy bebops, and my outlaw stars, and you know, we we did we had a couple of shows like that back when, but most of the shows aim for other things. Is that? Is that Gunsmith Cats? Yeah, apparently he's a Kickstarter to uh, get it on Blu-ray. What? What? Limited edition Blu-ray release of Sonoda Kenichi's hyperkinetic mix of Gears, Guns, and Mayhem on the streets of Chicago. Uh, the I am pulling of... it up on... I, I'm pulling up Kickstarter right now. The return of Rally Vincent. We're pleased to announce that our next Blu-ray special edition will be Sonoda Kenichi's Gunsmith Cats. What? We're currently in the early planning stages of crowdfunding project. We'll start previewing it in January... To get your feedback and hope you'll go live in late. Uh, hope it'll go live in late February. Oh my gosh! Surprise news story, guys. What? Yeah. Oh, I love I love Gunsmith Cats. I just bought it, uh, bought the rare, un out of print DVD for like seventy bucks. Thank you, vintage anime fans on Facebook. Guys, I love Gunsmith Cats. I finished all of Gunsmith Cats manga, by the way. I don't think I ever like when I was in Taiwan. Because I didn't have Crunchyroll, what I did was I used my time to read Gunsmith Cats, and I've read. All of Gunsmith Cats now. I've, I've completed it. And I'm so happy I did. It's amazing. It was way more adult than I thought it was going to be. Like, there's a lot of a lot of naked women in it. But, like, it's... And, and I never expected it. But it's really good. Like, holy crap. That's a story. Like, it's a really good story. So. Well, who knows? Maybe this could lead to a reboot of Gunsmith Cats in the future. That would be so awesome. I mean, they didn't even touch Goldie's story arc in the, in the OVAs. And, man, that was a pretty good villain. 
I mean, think about all the things from the 90s that have come back. Like, we had Ushio and Tora. Card yep. Sakura is coming back next year. Yep. We've There's going to there's gonna be a like a resurgence of anime and stuff that's popular in the 90s. Magical Circle Guru Guru. That was popular in the 90s over there. Sailor now it's Moon. getting some more popular. Sailor Moon, yes. Absolutely. Dragon Ball. Yeah, Dragon Ball. Osamatsu-san. <laughs> Osamatsu-san, yes. Well, technically that's from the 60s. But well, yes. But it's, Osama- still, it's still retro anime getting a re-adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So they're taking a note out of the American book and saying, hey, it seems like it's uh, reboots are working over there, uh, over... In America. In America. But so you see, the- they're doing it right because they're not going, we're going to make this a gritty reboot. <laughs> so Sarah, we haven't heard from you in a long time. What have you been keeping up with? Uh, not a lot. The only thing that I've watched at all recently has been Sports. Ancient Mages Bride, and not even all of that, but I really did like what I saw of Ancient Mages Bride. Yeah. Like, mm, yes. My genre. I gotta, like my I gotta watch genre. that. I like, it's, it's, I rub my, I like, if, if like, that had, like, a, a pillow, I would just rub my face all over that genre. <laughs> well, so, they'll probably have on an Anime so Boston. Yeah. So you haven't been keeping up with any of the trash then, Sarah? No, no, I have not. Uh, I've been keeping up with a different kind of trash. Yeah. Um, it's, is it Maui uh, trash? No, no. Wow, uh, it's, I'm shocked. It's about. Uh, it's just a video that I'm going to be doing uh, soon, hopefully, Ooh. and I hope you'll all enjoy it. And that's really all I want. I'll say. Oh, you're I... keeping us in the dark. Great. <laughs> that's kind of like, I, that's kind I... of like an, a, a web exclusive here, though. Yeah. <laughs> But that's that's also kind of like how we say that we're working on videos, which we are, and then they just never come out. Yeah, we are still well, working on videos, by the way. <laughs> this one, this one, I've I've put a lot of heart and soul into it, and um, and it's I don't know if you remember way back when when I made that video about the woman named Darcy who made an article about Lolita fashion and she got yes, that gone. video is hilarious. It's it's gonna be sort of like that, but not anything to do with like anime. But just that, like, just that, that, that style. Interesting. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, when you release it, be sure you uh, send that directly to us. I will. You'll trust me. I, I am super excited for this. And I'm like, I'm going to be probably plastering it all over my Twitter and be like, if you follow me, you better watch this because you don't even understand. You don't <laughs> even understand how much work I put into this goddamn video. <laughs> <laughs> so... But yeah, that's that's, that's I, ancient Mage's bride, and then I've been working on that. Mm-hmm. I got that's that's the one that I really got to watch this season is because like, I haven't f- even start I haven't started I, it yet, and that's probably what I really should be focusing on is something like that. Man, oh, the yeah. OVA! It, I watched the OVAs and the OVAs oh, wish like, upon a star. my heart. Oh yeah, what I love oh. about it is it has this sort of like Gilmore del Toro style with its fantasy elements. Like there's this there's a there's this darkness, but there's this beauty and light within that darkness that just brings yeah. everything out in this world. Whimsy. Yes, oh, whimsy. Speaking of dark whimsy, uh, who's excited for the Devilman anime that's going to be coming out? Oh my yeah. god, that looks amazing! Cry, Crybaby looks hardcore. So yeah, guys. For all of you that like to enjoy our hardcore anime panel at panels, man, I cannot wait to share some some uh, Devilman Crybaby there. It looks like it's going to be just as messed up, if not more messed up, than the OVAs that have already come out in the 80s. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Especially that 2000 Apocalypse of Amon. Like, jeez. <laughs> man, that messed me up real bad. That was, that was, that was bad. 
but it was like good bad. It was it was like oh man that that messed me up, <laughs> <laughs> and I like that stuff. And it made so, you a better man afterwards. So uh, unless anybody else has been watching stuff that w- they would like to update us on, like Derek, have you been watching Super? I have been watching Super, and Tell they us. just uh, they just had a new episode yesterday, and it is full of spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> Is it still full of garbage? Um, actually, they just took out some of the main characters of the series all at once in one episode. Like, they had... What was that? uh, It was like that Breaking Bad episode where, another spoiler, they just go and, like, kill everyone that's in the, uh, in the prison all in one, like, scene. You see two... You see two universes get eliminated at once, and one of them is Universe 6, the biggest one that everyone's been... You know, like, finding new protagonists in, and it's been, like, the biggest... Besides Universe 7, Universe 6 has been the one you know the most about, and... Mm. Huh. So, so you kind of told us a little bit about what was happening, but you didn't really spoil it, so you're still being careful, which is nice. I like that, Derek. Uh, <laughs> but when I say Universe is eliminated, once you start watching the tournament, you know what that entails. <laughs> oh. Yeah. They... They did. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. no wishing on the Dragon Balls to bring them back. Nothing like that. This they keep rumoring that okay, when you win the tournament, there's the Super Dragon Balls, and they're bigger, and they can cast stronger wishes. So there's a bunch <laughs> of theories going around that whoever wins is just going to wish back all the universes that got erased. Stronger than resurrecting Yamcha. <laughs> you can resurrect a universe of Yamchas. <laughs> resurrect all the universes of Yamchas. Let's not I wish for ice cream. Yeah. Like, why haven't they given Yamcha immortality yet? It seems like that would be the biggest help for them, so they can just stop reviving him. <laughs> the greatest wish of all. <laughs> it's like even in Peaceful Universe Two, where that girl was able to go Super Saiyan 2 really easily because it's super peaceful. Yamcha is still managing to be dead. Like, <laughs> oh, he tripped over his threshold and broke his neck. Poor Yamcha. <laughs> I guess Quar- we have to go casually find our Dragon Balls and resurrect him again. War turn into a coffin in the meantime. You know the drill. <laughs> <laughs> what? We forgot to talk about the most important piece of news that was actually sent to us from uh our wicked fan haru oh that's right uh okay um this was supposed to go into our news section but we completely forgot that's okay it's fan service so we're going to talk about it as uh from uh yeah from a fan service so our fan haru has sent us and he's our resident waifu fan yeah um who came across us for our waifu panel yeah for my waifu's not weird we've been talking with haru and he sends us cool stuff this is too good to pass up so, there is a tech development company that's based in ha- Akihabara. They're called Gatebox. And they are offering a service to any of their employees. They will offer family health benefits and insurance policies for anybody who has a 2D waifu. And they can claim family health benefits for people who have 2D li- uh, waifus. And you can, they have the paperwork for it, you can fill it out, and they will give you life insurance for it. And all sorts of health insurance and everything like that. It is legal. 
Does anybody want to react to this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think because I know I was giving now you that you. story about them about this Japanese company uh, that's giving people six days of paid vacation yes. to make up for those that don't smoke. But this is like, where? How do? Okay, how do you claim your waifu? How do you claim that you're the only person that has said waifu, and so on and so forth? <laughs> I don't. Let's see. Uh, Gatebox would also like to know how you and your anime crush became acquainted, how you became a couple, where you proposed, your happiest memory together, and whether the bride will keep her maiden name or adopting her husband's surname. You know what? This wow. Is, this is reminding me of like when we played that game Slash, Romance Without Boundaries. Like, you yes. can create your, <laughs> your ship, only one of the cards is you. So Gatebox will, um will give you a marriage certificate through the mail, and it will, let's see, the if hired, will receive an additional $45 or 5,000 yen per month as a stipend to support their married life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where's the money going? Like, how? how is this a business model? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really like- sure... Yeah. I feel like the Japanese government should step in and be like, hey guys, this isn't really going to help our, help our overall fertility problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't encourage or incentivize this kind of behavior. Yes. I, I, w- I will, however, say that Okinawa has no fertility problems. There are kids, kids and couples everywhere in Okinawa. That's that's good to know. Yeah, yeah it's good to know. Let's see. Gatebox especially states that these benefits are only available to applicants with non-human spouses. Hand-drawn anime, 3D animation, video games, and costume characters are all allowable. Let's see. Furthermore, while the harem genre continues to be one of the most popular in anime, applicants who must use their real names are not allowed to submit multiple marriage registration forms with different partners. Oh, so they have standards. It's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the company progressively honors same-sex marriages as well as the interspecies ones. <laughs> oh, so, so marrying elf, uh, elves, beast girls, and other non-human characters are completely fine. This is so fascinating. So if your wife who is from Monster Musume, you're going to be okay. Uh, yeah. I, as I said earlier, hashtag feminism. <laughs> I finally get to marry Zelda because Link's not doing a damn thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that was actually a good thank piece. you, thank you, Haro. Yes, thank you, Haro. That was very, that was good. That was good. So okay. So um, unless we don't have anything really new to update for what we're watching, like is anybody watching anything super eclectic that they um, want to talk about, or can we move I, on? Just, just want to say that I've been very, very impressed with the show Girls Last Tour. I know I've read a review about this like last week, but the past couple episodes of Girls Last Tour, which is about just two girls from, that are just traveling through a post-apocalyptic world where they just seem like they're the only human beings left, save for maybe one or two others. Just its overall presentation, its overall tone, and the way that these characters seem to evolve, despite the fact that they're just shooting the shit back and forth it's brilliant it's like what i feel like it's like raising the standards of what the iyashike genre should be hmm. well uh iceman has gotten us the couple months of uh anime strike so we'll get to watch that eventually too. yeah thank you yes. iceman thank you iceman <laughs> that was so cool <laughs> 
great. I watched okay. Hair Extensions. You watch? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> do you know? Do you guys know what Hair Extensions is? Well, I know what Hair Extensions are, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> there's there's a Japanese horror movie called Hair Extensions. Really? Oh, please <laughs> enlighten us. And, and uh, so so literally, it's about this girl who produces hair extensions, and then the people who end up getting well, she produces hair. A guy turns them into hair extensions, and anyone who gets them put in it, she the hair attacks them. Oh, as it does. <laughs> And I just thought it was uh, up right up your guys' alley, and uh, mm-hmm. I have a copy of it, so I'm gonna bring it to Anime Boston. Oh, awesome. oh. yay! <laughs> um, I was speaking of live action Japanese stuff. There is a movie that's on VRV called, I believe it's a Wet Girl in the Wind. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's about a guy, about a playwright who secludes himself from society, but there's this girl who keeps constantly like bugging him every single day. Um, that's all I can really say about it without going into really filthy areas because this is a film that kind of earns its NC-17 rating. Let's just say. Uh, I, well, I can say from the title alone, is this like a a exploitation film from the seventies? Well, the thing about it is, the guy who directed it is was trying to bring back the sort of uh, I forget the the technical term for it, but it was one of the subgenres of the pink movies of the seventies and eighties, which was which is a sort of um, exploitation, be it violence or sex, and this was the one subgenre that was. More focused on the sex aspect. You're kidding. Sex exploitation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I agree with bringing Grindhouse back, but bringing sex exploitation back just seems a little over the top. <laughs> <laughs> that was due uh, passing the time before you get free things on the internet. Yeah. So I don't need that anymore. Well, co- well, well like, look. At least it, it, it kind of you see it kind of passes off more as an art house movie because it has a decent plot to it and some funny things. in You there. know, as you do with releasing pornography and in, in mainstream media, you just go, "It's art house. Yeah. It's fine." <laughs> and then you're just like, "No, <laughs> that's <boring." laughs> no." The, it reminds me, there was a film that was that came out a few years ago called Nine Songs, and it was basically. That, but like a porn. But what made it an art house film was was the fact that in between those scenes, they would actually have performances from like really good bands, like Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and Franz Ferdinand and a bunch of other like bands performing in between these scenes. <laughs> did uh, did they tell the musicians what yep. they were being a part of? Like, yeah, it was from Michael Winterbottom, the guy who uh, directed Twenty uh, Four Hour Party People and Tristram Shandy, A Cock and Bull Story. I don't know what any of those are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to have a viewing party sometime at your house, Evan. Uh, <laughs> that's what we'll do. So, um. All right, then let's. Uh, I guess let's continue grilling Andrew about Japan questions. Yeah. Do you so, want? Do you want to kick us off, Andrew? Do you have something you want to talk about? I do. So, I, I have a. So when I was in Japan, uh, just to catch some people up who may not have heard the last episode, when I, w- I was, I went to Tokyo after my two month filmmaking exp- uh, expose, and uh, when I first arrived, I I arrived, you know, at Narita Airport as you do. And then I took the express train 
that is right in, it's called the Skyliner. It's a Skyliner Express train that you have to buy a special ticket for. That instead of riding the normal train about an hour into Akihabara, you buy a ticket for this express train and it only takes about a half hour <laughs> with less stops to go straight to uh, the Chibuyo, Chibuyo uh, station, which then you take a couple stops on the green line or the Yamanote line, uh, which brings you right to Akihabara. And uh, I had to drag my bags down because at some of the stations they don't have escalators or elevators. It's just you you carry your bags, you lift them up and bring them down. The I had a a 80 no, one one of my bags was like 55 pounds and one of my bags was like 70 pounds. Did you so, make all like, of the Japanese women swoon? Yeah, I was just like Oh, well, Gaijin Sugoi. No, so I, so I was lifting my bags going down the stairs and this this Japanese woman kind of like turned to me and she was just like oh, help you and like I was just like I was like no I got this you know and like cuz I'm this younger guy and this old Japanese woman like turned to me and like confused like should I help you and I, and I was That's just so like so sweet yeah I was I know it was it was really nice I was like no 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 it's fine like I got this but yeah she wanted to help me and it was it was it was nice but <laughs> there was which, no, there was no way she could. Which is something that I never asked you about in the in the first place. Did you actually use like Japanese pleasantries, like bowing, yeah, and stuff yeah, like that? I did all the time. Um, and actually, when I first made it to Okinawa, we we were meeting the people we were going to be making the film with, and uh, you know we had to introduce ourselves. So I was just like, ah, you know, Watashi wa Andrew this, and I was like, Yoshiku Unagashimas, and they, she was like, oh, your Japanese is really good. I was like, really? And it's, like, and it's not because I knew a lot of Japanese, it's because I knew how to say it properly. Andrew Desu Unagashimas. Yeah, Yoroshiku yeah, Unagashimas. You know, like, I didn't say, like, I actually said it in an, in a proper Japanese accent, because I know just how to properly use the the language and accent and stuff not like everybody else could and they were like whoa like they legitimately told me wow your japanese is really good and that was kind of flattering you know unless they're just like tell them this japanese is good and it'll go away yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah well no these people could speak perfect english so i didn't even have to speak japanese to them but i just felt like it was proper too right Mm -hmm. um and it was really nice because in Okinawa, when I was on the film set, I got uh, one-on-one time with one of the actors, and uh, I was talking about anime with with this actor because I was like, oh, he's like, you know, asking me, oh, do you do film a lot and do you do this and do that? I was like, no, I, I don't mostly do film. I'm a I'm an artist. I do illustration and I do comic books, and so, you know, I use the term mangaka. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm I'm a mangaka, and he was like, "Wow, that's great! Like, I love One Piece." I was like, "Yeah, One Piece is really cool. Like, what else do you like?" And we, I was like, oh, I love Naruto. Do you like Naruto? He's like, yeah, I watched a little bit of Naruto. And then I was like, do you, I was like, I like the manly stuff and the older stuff. Do you like Fist of the North Star? And he goes, oh, I love Fist of the North Star. And we became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this dude is just like, I love Fist of the North Star. So the main character of, of the short film that we were making, he's, uh, he, he, we just had that kind of weird connection of you watch out yeah you watch out so so it was neat uh i got to meet a lot of really cool people that i got to speak a little bit of japanese to because i know only know a little bit of japanese um some some people i would go up to them with a salutation you know and then say a phrase in japanese asking them something and uh, you know, respond to them with hi or yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they would start speaking to me in Japanese. And I was like, oh, no, 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 ego days, ego days. And, uh, and <laughs> you know, because uh, they would, and they they just would assume that I actually could speak in, uh, Japanese really well because of my very little Japanese that I could speak. So that was cool. That was cool. But, um, uh, I know that I don't know what you told them about my trip because I know you. I sent you some stuff. All the little stories. So I told them about the bat. You told them about the flying fox. I, I, okay. Yeah, I told them about uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, uh, and I told them about the gotcha machine at the sushi restaurant, which was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. So uh, did I tell them about Evan? Did we talk about that? The gotcha machine at the sushi. Yeah, restaurant? yeah, we talked about it on the podcast last week. We did. Okay, all right. Just making sure. So a few other things that I had to talk about before I kind of open up on hey, what did you do or hey, did you do this while you were in Akihabara discussion. Um, one of the things that I, I found was I found so many awesome shirts. I could buy. I if I had the choice, I would come home with tons and tons of new clothes. But it was almost impossible to find something that would properly fit me or even begin to know what the sizing proportions were without... Because all the clothing in Japan is non-refundable. You cannot bring it back. Hmm. So they had a shirt of Rao from Fist of the North Star, the scene where he dies, where he like stands there and freezes with his fist in the air and he dies standing with his fist in the air. That was a shirt. And I wanted it. And they also had tons of Ranma one-half shirts. They had uh, shampoo shirts. They had run uh, female Ranma shirts. Ranchan. Ran, yeah, uh, Ranchan. And, oh, it was so cool, guys. I, I could buy shirts for days. They had a Revy shirt from Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, it was in one of the adult shops. Like, I couldn't find this shirt anywhere else. Like, I, the only reason I went into this adult portion of the shop was because I saw that they had a Revy shirt there. <laughs> and so I walked to the other side, and I was like, Good God, that is like, that is Revy on this awesome shirt, like, she's holding these pistols, and it's, uh, uh, Hirano Ray's art of Revy on it, and I was in love with this shirt, and they didn't have it in my size. I was very upset. They only had it in extra large? No, extra large (laughs) would have been perfect. It was a joke. I know, I get it, 
but <laughs> everybody but, is significantly smaller in Japan. I know they had it in medium and. I think medium or enlightened. Speaking of which, I don't think I told them about how you would hit your head in every house that you went into. <laughs> so the housing in ja- in Japan is significantly smaller. I'm talking about like apartments and old, uh, old style, you know, sliding door houses. Uh, I am not. I am too big for Japan. <laughs> every normal house in there, I had to walk with my head low. Because I would hit my head on the ceiling and the rafters if I stood up straight. Um, I actually have pictures of me with standing up straight, like, leaning my head against the rafters of the house. Yeah, like some of the support beams. Yeah, and while I was on the film set, this is when I was in Okinawa, not in uh, Tokyo. But uh, when, I, when I was on the film set, if I was moving around really fast and I had to get things done really quickly... Uh, in between setups, I would, you know, get up and stand, bam, just like smash my head off the ceiling. <laughs> uh, so that was great. So you felt like Gandalf in Bilbo Baggins' house. <laughs> yeah! yeah! <laughs> I, I was, in fact, a wizard in Japan. That is so true. Hello, little Tulsi. Would you like to go on a little adventure? <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Uh, so, uh, that was cool. So, yeah, my buying clothes adventure was very cool to see, but very disappointing because I couldn't buy. However, I did almost buy the most ridiculous purchase ever. When I was in another shop in Akihabara, there was a, the store where I found all those shirts, they had ties, but not just any ties. It was those special ties that have a little anime character at the bottom of it. Why didn't ha- you get me one, Andrew? I know! <laughs> I would have bought it for myself for all my interviews. But it was a purple tie, right? Yeah. A purple striped tie. And uh, and it ha- you flipped it upside down. And there was a little Alba from New Game, like, doing her little, hmm, like, ready-to-go face. And it said, Gambare! And I was like... <laughs> Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I want this Alba tie that says Gambare so I could wear these ties to interviews, as you do. Like, that's what they're made for. They're made for interviews so that before you go into the interview, you look at the tie and your little anime character is cheering you on. I'm that's a little incredible. potato and I believe in you. So, um... Why didn't you buy that? I don't know why I didn't buy it, but I... Can we I, buy it now? I, I don't know. Let me. I'm going to go on Amazon right now and see if I can get to the Japan side. But and... I was totally prepared to buy that stupid Albatai from New Game and actually wear it in legitimate situations. Because how cool would that be? <laughs> and or, or Maybe cool is the wrong word. <laughs> That's probably part of the reason why I didn't buy it, was because I was like... I think that uh, the question you're asking is how... I have the story right here on Crunchyroll about it, and they were uh, offered for... They were technically... Oh, man, you should have probably gotten them because they were technically exclusives at Comic Cat 92. Oh. Because hmm. they made one for Alba for New Game, and then they made one for Sigiri for Aramanga Sensei. Ugh. I would not have bought that. <laughs> um, basically, what happens uh, next is uh, I was in Akihabara, and when I first arrived, it was late at night. It was like 8 p.m., and everything closes really early in Akihabara. Uh, but And it's, it's kind of like a late night. Say, and as I said in my Japanese proverbs, uh, after 8 p.m., Akihabara basic, basically becomes Dave and Buster's. Uh, I thought Akihabara was really small when I first arrived because everything was closed and I didn't know how far it went or what was opened or where I could go. 
Because most of the stores that are stay open late are right in that central square by the train station. Uh, and then I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh my gosh, like super overwhelmed. I had a map and I was like circling things on the map, like, ah, oh, I gotta go here. And uh, I finally got to go to that Gachapon store. I think I said that last episode, which was super exciting for me because I've seen so many videos of it, but then I finally got to go. Uh, one of the things that I thought I found was really funny was it doesn't matter if you can actually see a person up close or not, even if they're way far away, you can tell when they're an American. <laughs> like, just by the way they walk. You can see the top of their heads over the crowd? <laughs> no. There's, a, there's actually a photo of my grandpa when, when he and my grandma did their 40th anniversary trip around the world of him in Japan, and, like, he's pretty tall, and there's just this crowd of Japanese people, like, surrounding him, and his head is, like, way above theirs. <laughs> I love my little Japanese travelers. Would you like to go on the adventure? So, they um, look like such, such strong hands, don't, don't they? <laughs> uh, no, so from even from a distance, like you can tell just by the way the person is walking. Oh, they're from America. <laughs> like uh, we were at, and when we were in Okinawa, there's a lot of Americans in Okinawa because of the military base. And so we were leaving the mall in Okinawa, and this car just whips through the parking lot and parks into a parking space really aggressively. And then this dude kind of like ducks and stands up and gets out of the car. And just by the way he was moving, I was like, that's an American right there. Like, I couldn't even see his face or his ethnicity, whether he was white or not. And I just like could see from I was like, wow, that guy is definitely an American. Uh, it's pretty funny. Are you sure he was an American or he wasn't European? He was an American. <laughs> it, he was totally an American. Why? Because uh, he was fat? <laughs> no. No, he, he was... He was, was he walking like a cowboy? <laughs> yeah. He got out of the car and he said, Howdy, y'all! He started shooting his pistols. <laughs> <laughs> like, folks, jeans, trucks. Budweiser! Budweiser? Uh, <laughs> uh, like the guy from Abadobashi, Fucking cowboy! Cowgirl! Cow, how the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, I also got to experience the Mario Kart go-karts. In Akihabara, say what? Like the uh, tour things? Yeah. So I didn't not I didn't meet not me personally. I didn't like go on a tour. Right. But you got run over by one. But when I was <laughs> in Akihabara, I, I I was just out walking the sidewalks, and all of a sudden you just see the go karts whipping by the Mario, uh, and some people Yo! are dressed as Mario. It's, it's crazy. It was really cool. I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. What if, what if you had thrown like <laughs> a like stuffed red shell at them? <laughs> I'm the best. So that that was a unique experience. Wow, uh, wow, 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 wow. Oh, oh, and <laughs> and finally, just before I say, uh, or before we say anything more, uh, I was there in Akihabara, you know, Electronic Worlds, uh, when the iPhone 10 was released. You actually mentioned this briefly before we ended our last podcast. Did I? But go ahead. So this was the day that I went to Nakano Broadway. So I took the train to Nakano, and then at late at night, it was probably around 6 o'clock or so, uh, maybe even later than that, maybe it was around 8 o'clock, that I jumped back on the train, went back to Akihabara, and uh, exited Akihabara Station, and just saw this ocean of businessmen, just suits and ties everywhere like i've never seen streets so full of people in suits 
and just staring in one direction at this electronic hub, waiting for the iPhone 10. I didn't know what it was at first, but then I was like, oh, I know what this is, because they've been advertising it all over Akihabara for the, for the majority of my time there. Well, this was the day that the iPhone X actually came out. So, man, I, it was impressive. I, I actually have pictures of this that I unfortunately can't send you guys right now. But this is like this is exactly where we left off in the last episode. So this is kind of like last time on yeah. the Wicked Anime Podcast. Andrew so. was talking about Akihabara and his <laughs> adventures with the Greek man. Yeah, are you sure that those businessmen weren't there for a world order? <laughs> <laughs> Either world order. They did just uh, release a new video. Yeah, world order tryouts, or uh, they were there as world order for a flash mob. <laughs> so, uh, that's all I really have on the top of my head, and I can't really just go ahead and talk about random things, because then I don't think anything will really get done. So I kind of want to have you guys ask me questions about stuff that I could have done. And, and like, did I do this, or how was this, or what was this? So, make it interesting. Go ahead. Uh, Derek, you're smirking, like, <laughs> right now. <laughs> what are you thinking of? So I done heard about these vending machines they got out there. And uh-huh. you meant... <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I just... I was laughing when you were mentioning that clothes, clothing was not able to be uh, returned. So I was thinking, yeah. like, what about all of these used clothing things that they have out there now? <laughs> well, we did discuss in the last episode that the used panting machi- panty vending machines actually do exist. Yes, they are, in fact, a real thing. Uh, and they mostly only exist in adult shops, but I did, in fact, find one that was not in an adult shop. But it, it wasn't really a used panty. It was just panties in a vending machine. They had these things out there. So I found, when I was in Nakano Broadway, uh, I found this little hallway outlet that was just filled with gachapons. And every time I saw gachapons, I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to go check out the gachapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they make perfect souvenirs, and they're really easy to get. Well, at the end of these gachapon machines was this cluster of five or six blacked-out 18-plus mystery vending machines. And I was like, well, I guess I have to solve the mystery, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so I put put, uh, my money into this mystery 18-plus vending machine, and out came a mystery, like, black gachapon ball. Uh, and that's that. Uh, <laughs> and that's the end of that story. Yeah, and that's the end of that story. But right next to it <laughs> was, in fact, a 18-plus panty vending machine. And I was like, no way! They have those in public. I'm super shocked. Uh, and I, I, I took a picture of that one. Uh, and I know that uh, some of our fans were like, hey, you gotta take some pictures. Uh, and, I, and so I guess I did. I guess we do owe the YouTube page a couple pictures. Or, not YouTube, but... I mean, well, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I could, I could do a YouTube But also thing. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... So uh, I take it, it that it, you're not going to tell the people publicly what's in that gotcha phone, but please tell us what it was after we stop recording, okay? Oh, no, I can tell you. It was a shoulder massager. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't use it. I opened it up, and I was like, haha, that's really funny. Because um, I, I opened it up, and it was a keychain... Uh, one of those Japanese-style vibrators, the one that have, like, the dome tops that are, like, mm-hmm. exclusive to Japan. It was a keychain. 
Oh. And so I was like, man, on, that is on hilarious. On the go for your convenience. <laughs> yeah, so it was It was really, I gave it to one of my married couple friends. I was like, <laughs> I, I got home and I was like, this is for you. Spice uh, up the bedroom. Go ahead. Yeah, and uh, it, so it was, yeah, it goes right next to your car keys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really funny. I, I had a really good laugh from it. Um... But to answer your, uh, to answer some people's looming questions, did you buy anything from the panty vending machines? No, I did not. <laughs> and that's not even like a, if I did, I wouldn't tell you. No, I did not buy them. <laughs> and like that, you lost half of your listenership. Yeah. <laughs> so, you disappoint me. I, yeah. put, I put my money in and nothing came out of the machine. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I find your lack of what, weeaboo disturbing. One of the things I also found was uh, in front of one of the adult shops that I walked by was a vending machine that said DVDs. Huh. It was a DVD vending machine, and and it was another like mystery random vending machine, which I also did not buy from. So right, <laughs> like, well, well, that's the thing because you would have to be taking a big risk of what kind of DVD would be there. Well, see, you... and that's the thing too is like not that I'm one for going out crazy and buying adult DVDs. <laughs> that's that's a stupid. That's waste dumb. Of money. That's, that's a yeah. dumb thing to do. Yeah, that's a dumb waste of money. Yeah, but, um, you, you just go on to thing, um, you just only, go on yeah, the derby only, and rip them up. <laughs> The only reason I bought the one thing out of the 18 plus mystery vending machine was strictly because it said mystery. And I was just like, I have to know. I have to solve it. And, and I almost, I can almost guarantee you that it's not all those keychains. It's probably a whole bunch of stuff inside of there. That's why it's a mystery. Zoink, you know, like scoop! You just get like a, a, a mystery novelty sex toy or something like that out of it. It's probably really hilarious. Ruh, 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 ruh. So, uh, so, so that was my answer for that. Uh, next question. Um, okay, so, uh, cause, you know, I'm so, so into Japanese fashion, and there's been actually a lot of articles, not a lot of them, but a decent number of articles coming out about how a lot of fashion in Japan, like, people don't go out as often dressed up because tourists know that you do that and want to take photos, so people are scared to do that. And I was just wondering if you noticed anybody in, like, J-fashion at all or anything like that. That's a really good That's question. That's a really oh, good man, you question. stole my question, and, Sarah. And my answer is yes, there were. There were tons of people in J-fashion. And, um... Like Yay. visual visual K? <laughs> there I didn't see many visual K, but I did see Lolitas walking around and I saw mm-hmm. people wearing, you know, anime uh, themed things like Was there anybody bags? Yeah, uh, there there were some people cosplaying and uh, actually a lot of them were westerners, believe like like a lot of female westerners were in cosplay mm-hmm. sometimes. Like I saw there was one westerner girl uh, who was dressed as a maid just walking around Akihabara, and I was like, wow, that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't, she didn't work for a maid cafe, because they do have some maid cafes that hire <laughs> Western people. You know, because you followed her. No, because she was she was <laughs> in a store, and you know, like, you wouldn't, I, unless she was on her break, and she just, she just was there as a tourist, dressed in a maid uh, uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it wasn't really Lolita fashion, it was actually, like, maid stuff. It was Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I did see some Western Lolitas as well, though. But I know you're talking about Japanese people in J-Fashion. And, and yeah, uh, interestingly enough, when you go to the clothing stores... That was another reason, and now I just kind of want to touch on it, when I was going to the malls and stuff and looking at clothing, a lot of the clothing stores do not cater to men. 
a lot of the clothing stores have only women's fashions. Wow, so, really? So it was really difficult for me to go in and being like, this shirt is really cool. I would like to buy this shirt because it's a cool J fashion thing. Because all the stores were catered towards women. Hmm. So uh, it's actually not really that much different than here because all we get is like ties and I would, yeah, jeans. I, I would say that <laughs> one in six stores were catered towards men. That doesn't seem so different from here. Yeah. Now, yeah. speaking of that, the way that people dress over there in Japan, was it astronaut like normal dress? Was it astronomically different than here? Um, no, but I mean, there's kind of a cultural difference as far as fashion goes anyway. Uh, so you could tell that they were dressed in Japanese fashions, but casual Japanese fashions. Mm-hmm. You didn't have people walking around in tons of visual K and tons of anime type stuff, but you did. There were people that had, you know, that, uh, there were, I, I, you see those stereotypical otakus mm-hmm. from time to time where they're walking around with their backpacks and they have posters, the posters, sticking, posters out of them. sticking out or they have tons of patches and pins. They, they love pins. There's pins everywhere. Like I didn't buy any pins because I think that's just cheap merchandise. Like I could make pins myself here if I wanted to. Why would I buy a $5 pin if I could just make it myself? Um, Did you see anybody walking around with glasses that you couldn't see their eyes and they were just swirls? Megane, 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 megane. I did find... Uh, it's not really fashion, but I also did see people legitimately driving around in those cars that were fashioned towards one singular anime character. Really? Yes. Uh. In Taiwan, too. Oh! Yeah! Surprise! Surprise! Yeah, I, yeah, no, there was one in Taiwan that I saw that was really cool, but there were a couple in Japan as well. Hmm. Uh, when I was uh, walking the back alley streets of where all the cool stores are in Akihabara. Like, there's cool stores on the main street of Akihabara, but all the back alley stores are the best. Hmm. So, uh, that's a fun tip, by the way. Uh, make sure you go to the backs of Akihabara and not, <laughs> not the main street. <laughs> Just avoid anybody with tattoos. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask about... You did mention arcades in the last episode. We talked yes. about that you didn't spend a lot of time in arcades. Yes. But there was a time that you did go to an arcade. Yes. And you played a game long enough that you gathered a crowd. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, uh, me, Jonathan and I played a game here in uh, the States that, when it was imported from Japan, was called Point Blank. Are you guys familiar with this? Didn't they have this in Anime Boston a couple years back? No, they didn't. So. It's a light gun game, but it's a challenge-based light gun game, so you get like these really quick WarioWare-style st- uh, things and it, uh, based around the light gun stuff. And they look like, and the main characters look, look like, like... Ernie and Bert. Uh, yeah, dressed as uh, African hunters. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you mean safari hunters. Safari hunters. Well, African. safaris are in Africa, yeah. so... Uh, Maybe they hunt so, Africans. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Welcome to the um, 1880s, folks. <laughs> so, uh, I, Jonathan and I would sink quarters into Point Blank. Yeah. Play it for hours. Hours. Because this was probably, this is probably still the best arcade game I've ever played. So, I, we were at a mall in Okinawa that had an arcade up there and had a bunch of claw machines and stuff. And then, oh my gosh, I found it. In Japan, it's called Gun Bullet. Uh, but, and this was Gun Bullet X. So, uh, or Gun Bullet Krasu. So, uh, so I just was so ecstatic and I played 
just so many rounds of Gun Bullet Cross in Japan, in Okinawa, and I was still, like, really good at this game. Uh, and people stood around the machine and watched me play because I was just just trashing these scores. But I, I never <laughs> made the high score thing, which I was really disappointed about, but I was so close. You were, but, and you were definitely sure that they weren't like, man, I really hope this guy gets off. No, yeah, like, it was like, machine. it was like. Look at know, this American like, with his gun and he's shooting. It's, uh, he probably does this every day where he's from in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that, yeah. Gun Bullet X, a.k.a. Point Blank here in the States. I found it, and I played the crap out of it, and it was awesome. I, I miss that game a lot. Yeah. They had a... Uh, they they still had a lot of pachinko. There's pachinko everywhere. Like, everybody knows that Japan loves pachinko. But it's not yeah, fun. Pachinko sucks. Yeah, pachinko's yeah, not fun. Yeah, it's guys. terrible. Uh, but there's <laughs> it's pachinko, loud and annoying. <laughs> there's pachinko everywhere, and every time you walk by a pachinko place, it's loud. It's so loud. The doors open up. It's like... But they have so many cool themes. Like, when I was there, they had Fist of the North Star themed pachinko. Mm-hmm. It was, like, brand new. Uh, and then they had those uh, big coin machines. You know, like, the they, it's like a circular machine that has a giant window. And inside the machine has a little TV screen. And it does, like, a whole bunch of stuff with quarters. Uh, they had a Monster Hunter based one. Huh. And I Did thought you that was see really the cool. horrible Silent Hill one? No, I, there was no Silent Hill one there. <laughs> Hit the lever. But, but man, guys, do they love Pachinko. And I kind of wanted to just go in just to see, but I, I didn't care enough. And and I'm sure you can smoke in there as well the same way you can smoke. Oh, yeah, in yeah, you can totally smoke in it's there. It's so gross. Guys, it, Japan, like, you're so technologically advanced with everything. I'm sure you guys know that smoking is bad for you. Come on. Like, just don't do it. And if you do want to do it, don't do it in the arcades. It's nasty. My cool sweatshirt gets all smoky. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah, Derek. Yeah, Derek. <laughs> Desperate. <You> get... <laughs> Derek would. Oh, Derek, you could like go in it. You could be like our spy, go into the arcades with your cigarette and be like, "Yeah, play all this Tekken Seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, see, and part of part of the problem was is not that they were smoking inside, but that it was going to attach to all my clothes. And I had to pack those clothes away in my suitcase, and then everything in my suitcase would smell like smoke. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a tiny enclosed space that I could have survived in there with the cigarette smoke uh, and played a game, but my clothes would have been just ruined. Yeah. So I got a question for you uh, that might be... I don't know if it teeters out a little too personal or not, but was there a moment when you were in Japan that you were just absolutely frightened at the fact that you were there? Uh, yeah. Um, pretty much right when I got there. Not because... (laughs) Just... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, well, because, like, I walked around with my American confidence, like, yeah, I'm an American and I'm in your country, and I love it. (laughs) I'm gonna carry these suitcases up the stairs, I don't care! Yeah, and, uh, Make Make Japan great again! (laughs) <laughs> and then and then as soon as I walked into Akihabara, I was like, I'm lost! You know, like, I couldn't find my hotel. My Google Maps didn't work because I had no service out there without getting in and, and so I walked around like a moron for probably like a good hour or two 
looking for my hotel, which I never would have found if I didn't find a map, which they had a map in um, in the train station. Who needs a map? And uh, and it said APA. And I think I said this in my Japanese proverbs, but uh, yeah, I did because uh, I made a D&D reference to it. Was uh, no ma- You can take a map and it will help you, but it won't help you find anything. It'll only raise your luck by a point. Um, <laughs> so like... Cause, I don't think you said that one. Oh, because because uh, it tells you where things are, but when you get to that area, you still have to look for it. Yeah, it just everything tells, is just like a yeah, thin turkey slice. It like, just tells you the general area that that thing is in. It doesn't tell you exactly where it is. So I eventually I eventually found my hotel probably about an hour before they were going to cancel my reservation for being a no show. So, uh, that was lucky. Uh, but I would totally stay in my hotel again. I stayed in the APA Akihabara. Yeah. Beautiful. It was good? Yeah, it was a three-star hotel. They spoke English, and they gave me better service than they gave us at the Marriott for, at Anime Boston. Wow! That's amazing. Yeah, and it was... So a Japanese three-star is a American five-star. Yeah, pretty much, right? And it was, uh... Can't imagine what a five-star Japanese hotel yeah, would be like. And it was a, just a tiny, tiny room. You know, the bed was wall-to-wall. The TV was looming over the bed. Uh, you have a little desk next to you. There's just enough space to fit my suitcases in. And the bathroom is literally tub-sink-toilet. Just all in one space. And the faucet for the sink is also the faucet for the bathtub if you want to take a bath. <laughs> what? That's how close that's how close they are together. Is like you just turn it, turn so the faucet. So when you say tub-sink-toilet, it's almost like it's one... Item. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's I, I it's a tub sink toilet. I think I took a picture of it as well. Uh, I mean, I I only used the shower. I didn't use the tub, but like the faucet for the yes, shower head is I've also seen, the faucet for I, the sink. You see, I've seen like the toilets that had the faucet on the top. Is that what you're talking about? Wait, what? The, when I was in Japan, there was a bunch. They had these toilets that had a oh, faucet oh, oh, on the I top. Know what you're talking about so you could wash your hands. Immediately after you're done, you know, doing your business. They they had that at one of the houses that I was in, like when I was actually in somebody's house, but not in the hotel that I was in. Okay. They kept the hotel a little bit more Western than Japanese. Um, however, they, you know how you have the rumors about, hey, are Japanese toilets really that amazing? Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> God, yes. Straight up. The, the answer is straight up yes. It's, Heated it's awesome. toilet seats are the greatest gift to mankind, okay? And I I seriously cannot... This is going to be a little gross, but totally true, that we here in uh, in America, in the States, haven't embraced the bidet. Yes. Because the bidet is awesome. <laughs> the it bidet makes, is A-OK. It makes, it, makes, it makes cleaning yourself so easy. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, it comes. It's not like a surprise. But it's just like oh, like when it because it, it's because it's warm water. It's actually the water is perfectly attuned to body temperature. So it's it's amazing. It's I can't believe it. It's so it's so it's scientific. It's so great. Can you believe it? You're exclusive. Andrew pooped in Japan. <laughs> he was over there for Japan and over there for two months, and we now know that he pooped at least once. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew is not Kim Jong Un, okay? He <laughs> Well, I will say that I kept my pooping in Taiwan to a minimum because pooping in Taiwan is gross. Because they have a terrible sewer system. Oh yeah, you and can't flush toilet paper. You cannot flush the toilet paper down. Oh, gross. In every single bathroom in Taiwan, except for the airport, 
they have the toilet and then a trash can. No. No! And, and as you finish your business and, you know, you have to throw your used toilet paper into a trash can. Oh, God. With that's... other people's used toilet paper. Okay, okay. Suggestion for Taiwan, if you still don't want to deal with flushing down the toilet paper... Just add, like, a fireplace or something so yeah, they can incinerate it. An incinerator, just like, whoosh, just done. Boom! So, but that My poops make fire! Or even just, like, a pine tree with a pine tree with new car scent on top of the trash barrel. <laughs> Dude, it, it, was, it was awful. It could have like, been worse. Uh, it could have just been three seashells. <laughs> yeah, I to- I, that's that's totally one of the things that I was like, oh man, I totally forgot to talk about that last time. Because that was definitely the biggest cultural thing that I think I ran into, believe it or not, was like, yeah, you can't flush your toilet paper down the toilet. I was like, wow, that's disgusting. That is awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, so if you ever go to Taiwan, just be prepared. That's what's there, is you cannot flush the toilet Avoid paper down the toilet. Uh, all, the, all the bathrooms in Taiwan are... Uh, the bathroom where the toilet and sink are are also the shower room. So, like, it's a giant tile room that just has a shower head in it. Yeah. And you just... And, and the floor has a, has a drain on it. Yeah. And you take a shower with the toilet and sink. Like, it's just... That's just the way it is. It's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, like, there's, a, no, there's no separate shower. It's just all one room. So, when you are using the bathroom, you can say that you're peeing in the shower. <laughs> and, it's, and it's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> You're just like on the on the on the toilet, like spraying yourself with the, <laughs> yeah, like with the shower head, and just yeah. like so uh, getting everything done at once. That's that's actually one of the things I really enjoy is the showers in Asian countries. Because mm-hmm. especially when I was in Okinawa, we had a shower room. I mean, like this was it was a room. Mm-hmm. It was massive, uh, massive in the sense of here in the states, we stand in a little closet and call it a shower. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, like, this was an entire room just made of tile. It was awesome. With a so, chandelier hanging overhead. <laughs> this is also what I... Uh, that leads up to my another question that I had. Did you actually experience public bathhouses? I did not. No. Okay. I never went to a public bathhouse in, in Japan. And I don't think anybody wanted to do that. Boo! <laughs> bad weeaboo. Bad weeaboo. <laughs> um, did you go to an onsen? I did not. There were no onsens around me. Boo! Um, Bad weeaboo! Strike two! (laughs) I'm actually actually a little... Unless I had uh, a Japanese cultural expert with me while I was in Japan, I probably would feel uncomfortable going to an onsen as a Westerner and not knowing how to speak the language. Okay. Uh, I can kind of understand that because I kind of went through that when I was over there. Thankfully, I had my friend with me, but it's not like they're going to be, like, judging you as soon as you walk in there. It's not like, oh, ho, ho, let's all look, let's all look, everybody, American! And, no, 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 and that's, and that's not what I'm talking about, because I really have no issue with that. Uh, my issue comes in when I don't know their customs, and I don't, if I'm doing something stupid or wrong, and... And they try if they want to try to explain to me how to do it right, then there's this lost in translation kind of thing. And onsens are a very particular set of rules. Like you know, it's a very it's a subject that you have to do properly, or else it's a bad thing. Dude, you have probably seen plenty of anime with the Hot Springs episode. You could like piece them all together and be like, I could do I do this, 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 and this. There's actually an episode of Tokyo Eye that tells you how to properly go into an onsen. So I'd have to study that a little bit. Your situational uh, problem reminds me of that 
that part in uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty where he's at the summit in Afghanistan. They're all just pointing at each other. It's like a 30-second yeah. long scene where they're just pointing at each other because <laughs> they can't speak the language. Um, one of my plans, actually, is to go back to school and take a language course. I, I am determined now learn Japanese so I can go to Japan and properly speak to everybody there. Because that's one of the things that I learned 100% is how many opportunities would open up for me if I could speak their language. It would be absolute... Like, it would be like using cheat codes, pretty much. Being in Japan and just like, ah, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, ABA, select, start. Um, and, uh, and you would just be amazing. They would love you. Yeah, you'd be really good. That's, that's, what, that's what sucks with me, because of me having a language-based learning disability. It takes me a long time to learn a foreign language. Like, what would take a person three months to do, it would take me almost two years because of the way my brain is wired. So for me to, in order to actually learn the language, I would actually have to be surrounded constantly in Japan, like 24-7, in order to really pick it up. Because I couldn't go take a class and then leave and then retain it. That's not how my brain works. Right. Uh, any, Any other questions? Um, yeah, have you, uh, been anywhere lately? Do you have any trips planned? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> I do plan on going back, just to, just to <laughs> yeah, yeah. back off that question. Uh, I, I will be going back at some point because I absolutely loved it. It yeah. was, it was just so wonderful. And actually, I kind of felt like when I, when I left... Japan and Taiwan, basically the Asias altogether. I it was around that time where I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back home. You know, I've been here for two over two months, and I'm ready to go back and visit at home and see all these people that I've missed for so long. And then when I actually returned back home, it was really really difficult for me to actually acu- readjust to this culture. This culture was yeah. really hard to readjust to, especially because we're so rude here. Things are so messy. <laughs> well, at least we don't throw our toilet paper in the in the baskets. <laughs> And, but but when I returned here, I kind of felt like, oh, now I've, that I've caught up with everybody that I've missed for so long, I kind of felt like going back already. Mm. Just like how nice it was to visit here. Just to check in. And check then in. Out. Yep. Yeah, and then, and then kind of... Oh, wow, these guys were really douchebags. I'm going back <laughs> over there. Like, oh, I, I, met, I got a checkpoint. Okay, great. Now I'm going to go back to Japan. I would love to do that. Yeah. So, so it'll happen eventually, but just not right now. Mm. What was the weirdest candy you found over there? Uh, the weirdest candy was in Okinawa. Uh, Okinawa is famous for... Well, Okinawa is famous for a lot of things, but a couple things stand out, and that's how many freaking wild boars are around. Uh, <laughs> really? Well, you don't actually visually get to see wild boars in the city, but everything in mainland Japan that's made with chicken is made with pork. Hmm. Because they just have so many wild boars... That get them. They just kill all of them and just make 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 pork cutlets out of them. Wow. Mm. Um, even you're, when you're driving on the highway, there's these cute, adorable little angry boar pictures that are just like watch out. Like how we have like the watch out for deer, like mm-hmm. caution deer signs. Uh, it's like it's the same thing, except it's a boar. Except it has this big angry eye and this grimace with this like tusk coming out. It's so cute. <laughs> I tried to catch a picture of it, but it, I couldn't. Watch out for Boot Tacoon. <laughs> um, Watch out for snakes. 
So, so that was. I actually didn't like that. I, I prefer chicken way more than I prefer pork. Yeah. You see, I'm the opposite. I, I prefer yeah. the pork over the. Then you would love Okinawa because everything's pork in Okinawa. Well, uh, as a as a to ju- kind of jump off that the notion of of food, what was the best meal you had? Okay, I can answer that. Um, so right next to it was these wasabi peas I'm open up right now. <laughs> so right next to my hotel, uh, or actually at the corner of my hotel was a restaurant that was one of those little hole-in-the-wall Japanese establishments where you pay outside, uh, punch the machine that you want, and it prints out a ticket, and you give it to the person uh, inside. You know, and they cook your food. Uh, What I had was a Don Bowl. And, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, my favorite is ramen, or oh, my favorite is, you know, sushi. or So my favorite Japanese dish is Don. I love Don. That's my favorite. Mm. So this was not a, the dish detergent. <laughs> this was yeah a don a don bowl is basically a bowl filled with rice and meat and and probably a sauce and egg. Um, I had a chicken katsu don bowl with an egg and some sweet sauce in it, and then it had some onions or some like fried uh, sautéed candied uh, caramelized onions. That's what I should say, and it and mixed with this uh, pickled. Uh, like the pickled fruit that they use in pretty much everything in Japan. I forget what it is. Uh, it was it was absolutely the tastiest thing. Like I, it was one of those times when I was eating it and I looked at the person behind the counter and I was just like, oh, oishi. Like I look at, it, I was like oishi, and and you know they were like oh arigato, you know like so happy that I was just like this is delicious. Like thank you for feeding me this. Uh, <laughs> Those are the best places you'll find is when you go to just those little hole in the wall. It's hard to speak with them, but you don't have to speak with them. Because you, you print your ticket out, you give them the ticket, you sit down, they make your food, and you eat it, and then you leave. It's really cool. Okay, maybe uh, then a so, follow-up question then yes. would be... Yeah, so, yeah, so answer your, to answer your question, yes, that, that chicken katsu egg sweet sauce Don Bowl that I had was so good, Sarah. <laughs> so now the follow-up question would be, what was the weirdest thing you ate? Um, actually, that question, uh, made me, le- uh, rem- remember that I didn't answer Jonathan's question fully. The weirdest snack that I had was Okinawa is famous for two things. They're pigs and they're brown sugar. Everything in Okinawa is made with brown sugar. And, uh, it's super sweet and super intense candy that's really strong. That's just made of pure compressed brown sugar. And it's like, oh, super powerful. The weirdest thing I ate. Oh boy. Um, what are those, uh, sticky, uh, sticky rice ball, uh, three, the, the, you know, in anime, you see those three little rice balls that are in like a sticky sauce on a stick. Mm-hmm. What's that called? Uh, Odongo? Yes, Dongo. Odongo. I had Odongo. Uh, very good, but very, very sweet. You know, like how when you eat something that's really sweet, it goes, it rushes straight to your head. Uh, that's kind of what Odongo was. And it was really sticky and gooey and just so interesting. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting of, quote-unquote, the weirdest thing I ate was uh, I went out to a sushi restaurant with our cultural advisor on the film shoot. And uh, they were so, they were like, oh, Americans like sushi. And we're like, yeah, Americans like sushi. They're like, oh, I had no idea. He asked me what my favorite sushi was because, you know, everybody had their favorite sushi. Oh, I like shrimp. Oh, I like sa- His favorite was salmon. He loves salmon. Um, 
and uh, I told him that my favorite was Unagi, uh, Eel. Mm, And he was like, like, he was like, whoa, your favorite is, like, Unagi? And I was like, yeah, why? He's just like, like, nobody in Japan likes Unagi. He's like, he's like, he's like, that's like the, the, the meal you eat. That's the sushi you eat when you want to be like an adult. He's like, if you want to be like an adult and tough and like, like, ooh, you eat Unagi. Because like kid, like no kids eat Unagi. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I drink my coffee black. Yeah. Like, or uh, not my coffee, but my tea. Like all my tea is black. I drink my tea black and I drink and I eat my Unagi. Like, so, yeah, he was just, like, whoa, like, super impressed that I, that Unagi was my favorite, because he, he was just like, you're a Westerner, and your favorite is the weirdest kind of sushi. So, that was kind of cool. That's funny. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that interesting? Well, that is, you know, uh, that was never brought up to me when I was over there, because, like, the family of my friends would constantly make me dishes with Unagi in them, and it was never, like, brought up, it was like, wow, this is strange that this is, like, your favorite, like, dish. Yeah. Yeah, Unagi's my favorite, absolutely, yeah. as far as sushi goes. Absolutely. Um, or one of my favorite, one of my top favorites, I would say. I always I always go for the Unagi whenever I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm sure there were plenty of other weird things that I ate. Like, because uh, everything over there is made with bitter melon. I don't know if you guys have ever had bitter melon, but it's really bitter. Like, so, like it's, it's like, if you like it, you're kind of strange. Um, <laughs> but if you eat it, if you eat bitter melon with rice, it... It surprisingly is not bitter anymore. If you eat if you eat bitter melon plain, it's 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 really bitter. But if you eat it with rice, it, there's no bitterness at all. Uh, and so I've, I had bitter melon with rice, and it wasn't bad. Uh, but uh, the South Korean girl that we were with, that we were with, her name was Yujin. Uh, Yujin loved bitter melon, like to the point she got a little Hello Kitty keychain that where it had Hello Kitty's face on it, and she and Hello Kitty was dressed as a bitter. <laughs> like it, was, it, was so it was just her thing like she was like ah you should like bitter melon ah she's weird <laughs> she's cool so uh anything else i can't really I think, think of any should... questions i i think that we should probably end it there. yeah i think that was a really good round of questions i think everybody uh that was fun so if you guys have any more questions for me like throughout you know the shows and just have any curiosities in fact you know this is a good way to segment in before i mean we should do fan service first but mm-hmm. Uh, fans, ask me any questions you want. I, I would be more than happy to ask uh, answer uh, what what I did over there, especially if you're looking for something specific. Uh, so we do have a bit of fan service, and this uh, this one also comes from Wicked Fan Scott. Yes, uh, uh, and and I saw this pop up and on my phone when he sent it, and it and the uh, the title just said Honey Trap. Do you remember the last episode <laughs> we talked about Honey Trap? Yes, I remember. So, so Scott says, what does Scott say? Said that word uh, is just the Japanese version of cyber security of honeypot. Yeah, okay. So is, uh, I'm not really sure that I understand that though. So is it, is honeypot a cyber security service and the honey trap is the security that No, 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 no. So, so here, so in Western culture we have a, a term called honeypot, which I don't understand either. I've never really heard that. <laughs> is anybody else, Derek so, or Sarah, yep. are you familiar okay, with Okay, so it's when you use Honey seduction pot? in order to get what you want. I... Okay, so that's what we found out. Yeah. I never and heard that, of this before. I thought that honeypot was like a cybersecurity term. Yeah, okay. In computer, tech, in computer terminology, a honeypot 
is a is a computer security mechanism set to detect, deflect, or in some manner counteract attempts at unauthorized use of information systems. <laughs> okay, uh, so so in Japan, what Scott is saying is they call it honey trap, not honey pot. Gotcha. So just just to fill you, Derek and Sarah, in last at last episode, uh, we were discussing. Uh, words that got added to the dictionary, uh, and one of the words that got added to the dictionary in Japan was honey trap. And we had no idea what this meant. So. So Scott helped us out. Yeah, so now you do. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and I, I have actually never heard the term honey pot either. So I I guys clearly haven't watched, uh, Mr. Robot. No. Oh, no. That probably would have helped, but I, but. It's on the USA Network, and nobody watches the USA Network. Well, it's on Netflix now, and it's uncensored on Netflix. Oh, yeah, That's why you go watch it there. Who watches Burn Notice? Yeah. (laughs) And Psych. Nobody. Everybody watches Psych. (laughs) Well, after Psych went away, everybody stopped watching USA. Yeah, that is true. And the repeats of Walker, Texas Ranger, and Jay. Oh, Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, that was... uh, And Nash Bridges. Yeah, Yeah, Nash Bridges. Oh, my gosh. Uh... So that was our fan service, minus the news story that came from Big Bad and Gerardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much, Scott. Uh, I'm sure there were some other ones that maybe we didn't that we missed out on. I don't know. Uh, Probably, we're not that good at keeping up with with people. We have so much stuff to keep up with, guys. We do our best. I'm sorry <laughs> that we think of you last. <laughs> That's what he's saying. That's not what I said. <laughs> guys, join in on the conversation with us. Uh, you know, ask me questions, anything. I will be more than happy to answer questions and bring enlightenment to my Japanese Japan trip on very specific issues. If you just want to ask me about it, yeah. It was, and then on the next episode, we'll yeah, we'll you know address those. It was questions. a super fun time. I had a blast, and I I'm absolutely going back to Japan. Yeah. Uh, if you want to uh, join in on the conversation, you can email us at wickedanimereviews at gmail dot com. That's wickedanimereviews all one word at gmail dot com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash wickedanime, where you can send us cool things like these news articles about Japanese companies and their... That uh, recognize marriages of white marriage, Or, you know, anything else <laughs> in our chat. Or, uh, you know, put a comment right below the uh, the link to our uh, our podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, keep up with us on our, on our Facebook. We post news and updates of everywhere we're going and what we're doing. And, hey... Uh, you can also find us, this podcast, if you're not listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, at nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime, uh, where you can also find our videos. But hey, our videos are available on youtube.com slash reviews, where I suggest you go subscribe to us. And like, You know, we had a very interesting experience with our YouTube uh, not too long ago. It was, it was, uh, it was recent, right. it was recent news to us, but not recent news to apparently YouTube as a community as a whole. Uh, for those of you who know the, uh, anime, the, the number one anime reviewer on, uh, YouTube, uh, Gigic, or as he's known, Gigi. Anime Zone, <laughs> Sarah, you're very familiar. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm did, familiar. Did you see his, uh, his white trash video? Yeah, his anime trash video with, um, uh, Arrow Manga Sensei? No. He, he featured my video about Ori Emo in it. Oh, that's so, like, really in, cool. Yeah. So in the first in the first thirty seconds of the video, he plays a couple other anime reviewers, and then what do you know? My review of Ori Emo pops up for like 
five seconds, and he edited it in really, really well to make it very rhythmic with his video. Yeah, and then he put it in the description. In the description, Wicked Anime Reviews. Like, he, he didn't even notify us about it, and I was just, I'm, I, and like, I'm to the total opposite of like, oh, I'm upset about that. I was like, oh, that's so cool! Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> it's he just actually, free advertising. Yeah. Yeah, and, but, uh, but it was just neat, because, you know, Evan came across this video of Eramanga Sensei, and he was just like, hey guys, you, uh, you're gonna want to see this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and holy crap, I was talking in Gigix video. <laughs> like, that, like, that's pretty dang cool, right? Yeah. So, uh, and you can find that at YouTube.com. Slash Anime Zone. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> slash Wicked Anime Reviews. Uh, please subscribe to us, uh... Jonathan's coming up on Christmas break real soon, and we're hoping that he'll work on the Anime Boston video. I got my fingers crossed, but I don't yeah. have my hopes high. Yeah. <laughs> the Anime Boston video from last year is very, very long, and uh, but we have a lot of really good stuff from it. Yeah, it features some of our fans. It features a lot of our fans, mm. and actually everybody here. I think my favorite part of the video is us testing the cringe, who cringed last game, though. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. I think that should be a separate video in itself, just... Wow, well, I feel like awesome. if we get that approved for Anime Boston next year, that should be like a like a promo video for it. Yeah, absolutely. Man, Derek, you got them judgings going good. <laughs> I can done judge them like the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sarah, all right? you don't count because you're one of the hosts. You're one of us four hosts up here. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was great. Forgot about that. Yes. Uh, believe it or not. Uh uh, you can also find us on all the social medias. You can find us at, you can tweet at us at Yo Wicked Anime, uh, where we actually get a lot of tweets about this kind of stuff, especially if we're at a convention. That's mostly when we're tweeting, and it's really fun. We love tweeting ab- about crazy stuff from conventions. Uh, you can also find us at Tumblr, wickedanime.tumblr.com, and you can find us at twitch.tv.com, which, uh, you know, whenever we get a chance, we turn it on, but, you know, it's there in case you want to give us a follow. No guarantees that it's going to be active, but hey, when it is active, woo! Send Ron Kagura. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I believe that's more or less everything that I have to talk about. So that's fine. Let's go to Sarah next. Sarah, where can they find you? So you can find me uh, mainly right now on Twitter. I use Twitter more than I use probably 90% of all other social media. Um, and then uh, that's at 42 Believer. And you can also find me uh, on Facebook at 42 Anime Reviews. Um, and you can find me on YouTube, 42 Believer. And just keep keep an eye on your sub box if you're subscribed to my YouTube channel because uh, I really can't wait to make that video for you all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Okay, Evan? Evan. Okay, so for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos featuring members of the Boston Bastard Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our No Borders, No Race podcast show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com. You can follow me on Tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com. On Twitter and the J-pop anime and video games amino pages at KingBabyDuckESH, and on Twitch at Twitch.tv/slash Inc. That's O M N I S T R Y I N C. Hopefully, like the Fleming brothers, I have yet to do more of the live streaming. I'm hoping maybe I could do that during the winter break. Uh, you can like us on Facebook.com/slash Boston Brigade and on Facebook.com/slash Land of Esh. And don't forget about all the other sites under the Land of Ash, including the Electric Sisterhood, Phil's Recap and Review, Smashed Rook, and Nerdcrave. And by the time you're hearing this, I am 
probably we're probably in the midst of our No Borders and Race Top 20 albums of 2017 list. I hope you guys are enjoying my picks thus far, and then I'm hoping that you guys will enjoy what is my pick for the best album of 2017. Uh, Elite Four, Derek, do you have anything else that you would like to promote? Yep, um, you can find me in a van down by the river. I'll be playing Pokemon Ultra Moon for a little while. I'm going to get my Dark-type <laughs> team Pokemon up to snuff, but uh, yeah, otherwise... Instagram, Elite Four Derek. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't have any of the other fancy stuffs. <laughs> I wouldn't either, but you can find me on Instagram at stickfigure5000. That's my artist tag, in case anybody wants to know. <laughs> I post art. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Wicked Anime Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And for the next episode, we will probably be going more onto a regular track. This is an extremely long episode. Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but yes. good content, good friends, good company. Let's keep it going. Yeah. All right. So uh, thank you for joining us, and we hope that you will join us next time. It is time to sign off the only way we know how. Spectre's Spectres is actually really good. My uncle has that out in um, out in uh, Strongsville, and I was actually shocked to see it be faster than Comcast. Strongsville sounds like a '90s Cartoon Network cartoon setting. Just want to throw that out there. I know it kind of sounds like that's where Strong Bad's from. <laughs> Not even that is like a like a Powerpuff Strongsville. Like, that's sort of. the. That's the rival football team, and that's where they all come from. It's yeah, Sunday night. That's, gonna go up that's against the Strongsville. one. That's the one. That's Strongsville. Yeah. <laughs> Strongsville Strongmen. <laughs> Stranglers. <laughs> the Strongville Stranglers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.